Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus this morning. I praise you and I thank you, Father, for, for your presence here. Father, we're hungry for your word this morning. Father, the desire of our heart is, is to know more about you, to come into your presence, and not only on occasion, but 24-7. Father, we just praise you and we thank you, Father, for your presence here. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know what the three P's are? Yesterday morning at, at uh, Fishers of Men, uh, Gary Dunn was talking about the, the three fives. And I think it was praying for five minutes, you know, studying the word for five minutes, and, and maybe meditating for five minutes. You know, I don't know whether, I may have butchered that, but, but uh, that, that's what I remember. The three P's this morning is, is the password to the presence of God is praise. You know, there's been times that, that uh, you know, I think I've needed to, you know, to go back outside the sanctuary and, and come back in and on my way pick up, the, pick up the password of praise. You know, I think I've came into his, his sanctuary and to, you know, try to get into his presence without praise. And, and, and you know, I don't think that that's possible. I don't think that that's possible. So, you know, this morning we need to, to examine ourselves and, and determine whether we picked up the password of praise on the way in this morning. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. That's not what I'm preaching about this morning. That's, I won't charge any extra for that. Uh, the, the topic of, of the message this morning is is trust with your heart. Trust the Lord with your heart. And turn, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to read verse, verse 5 and, and uh, 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. We're all challenged, you know, whether we realize it or not, to, to trust the Lord with our heart and not with our head. And, and sometimes it's, it's, really, it's really hard to distinguish between the two, or it used to be for me, you know, and sometimes still is. The Message Bible read, says this, trust in the Lord from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out any, don't try to figure anything out in your own, on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do, everywhere you go. He's the one that will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. In the Passion Version, 
it says this. Don't rely on your own opinions. Don't rely on your own opinions. The Hebrew definition for trust is trust is a place of refuge. It's a safe place. It's a place where where you're safe and, and, and you're secure. It's a place of, of confidence and, and surety. If you trust something with, with your heart, it's, it's a place of confidence. You know that you know that you know, not because of what it looks like or, or what it sounds like or what it tastes like, but you just, you just know down on the inside of you. Trust is a place where we can be bold. And this is kind of, kind of interesting. Trust in, in the Hebrew language means that we can be careless. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is careless faith. You know, we can be careless in our faith if we trust with our heart in him. Look at Matthew chapter chapter 14. And we're going to start with verse verse 22. And this is just after Jesus had fed the 5000 and you know we all know the story. And starting with verse 22 in in Matthew 14 it says immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now let's look and see what we just got through reading. He said, you know, after they got through feeding the 5,000, he, he got the disciples together and he said, guys, you know, I want you to go to the other side. You know, I'm going to take care of the crowd here. You know, I'm going to dismiss them. Uh, you know, kind of reading between the lines. Sometimes I think, well, he, you know, there was probably some needs there other than they were just being hungry. You know, and everywhere Jesus went, he met all their needs. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking he probably laid his hands on a few people, prayed over a few people, and, and, and set them free from whatever had them in bondage. And, and he set them out and, and told them to go to the other side, and guys, I'm going to take care of this and kind of wrap it up. You know, and then I'm going to go to a desert place. I'm going to go up in the mountains, and I'm going to pray, and, and you know, I'll catch up with you guys. But there was a storm came up, and they were out in, in the, on the sea. And they were being buffeted. You know, they were high winds and, and heavy seas. And then in verse 25, it says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went to them. One version said it was about 4 o'clock in the morning, walking, walking on the lake. And when his disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified it's a ghost, they said, and cried out with fear. 
But immediately Jesus said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then in verse 28 it says, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, and he said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Let's look and see what, what's going on here. Trust is, is continual and it's progressive. When the, when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water, you know, they thought it was a ghost. You know, they could have all said, you know, what Peter said. But Peter trusted in him and he said, you know, Lord, if this is you, bid me to come on the water. And Jesus, you know, he really didn't have any choice. He, he, didn't, he couldn't have said, no, no, you know, Peter, it's not really me. It's just, you know, it's, it's something else. But, but Jesus said, come. And Peter jumped out of the boat focused on Jesus, and he was walking on the water. You know, now I don't know, it doesn't say how far he went, but as long as he had his eyes on Jesus, as long as he had his trust on Jesus and didn't look about what was going on around about him, he was okay. But when he got his eyes off of Jesus, when his trust was not fixed on Jesus, he began to sink. But praise God, all he had to do is say, Lord, save me. He, he was looking at the wind and the storm and, and the waves. And just as soon as, as he got his eyes back on Jesus, he was back up on top of the water and, and got back into the boat. Trust works the, will work the same way for us as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus. As long as we keep our eyes on, on the truth of what the Word of God says, we can walk on the water. Psalms chapter 37, verse 3, says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Verse 5 says, says this, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will, he will do this. Let's, let's look in, in the Passion Version here. Verse 3 it says, Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in His eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and he will and you will be secure feasting on his faithfulness. Verse five it says, Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust 
him along the way. You'll find he pulled it off perfectly. We need to do what is right in his eyes. We need to keep our heart fixed on the word of God. You know, when we keep our eyes fixed on the word of God, that that uh, your your mind your mind will follow a fixed heart. Did you know that? That your mind will follow a fixed heart? Your mind is is just as reliable as what we put in it. Our mind is just as reliable as what we put in, put in our heart. You know, really, if if you wanted to make make a comparison, you know, your your mind is is the first computer that was ever designed. You know, you've heard you've heard junk in and junk out on your computer. You know, the same thing is true with, with our minds. We put junk in, we can expect junk to come out. But as long as we keep our eyes, our, our heart fixed and trusting on God, you know, our mind is reliable. But if you go putting junk in, if you put junk in, you're going to get junk out. And, and it's not reliable. In Isaiah chapter 58, verse 14, and, and what I'm getting ready to read here, verse, verse 14, is, is a result of trusting in the Lord. Is a result of trusting in the Lord. We, we don't have time to read the, the previous verses in that chapter. But it says, And then, after you've trusted in the Lord with all your heart, then you will find your joy in the Lord. I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Trusting in the Lord with your heart produces joy. It establishes you as an overcomer and it restores your inheritance. That's what trust does, trusting with your heart. It brings you joy. It establishes you as an overcomer, and it restores your inheritance. Okay? In Romans chapter 11, and we're going to go down to the about the last of the chapter, verse 33. Who can ever wrap their minds around the riches of God, the depth of his wisdom and the marvel of his perfect knowledge? Who could ever explain the wonder of his decisions or search out the mysteries or out the mysterious ways he carries out his plans? For who has discovered how the Lord thinks or is wise enough to be one to advise him in his plans? 
Or who has ever given something to God that obligates God to, God to owe him something in return? For out of him, the sustainer of everything, came everything, and now everything finds fulfillment in him. May all the praise and the honor be given to him forever. Amen. It's impossible for us with our minds to understand and comprehend God with our head. You can't do it. It's impossible to understand and comprehend God with our head. The the lack of trust keeps from keeps us from doing what God has called us to do. The lack of trust in the word of God keeps you from doing what God has called you to do. You know, more important than your love for God is God's love for you. More important, God's love for you is more important than your love for God because there's no way that we can love like God. Amen? And dealing with your situation in, in the flesh will bring fleshly results. Dealing with your situation in the flesh will bring fleshly results. And that's the reason it's so important to, to be led by the Spirit of God, to trust God with your spirit and, and not with your head. You know, several, several years ago when, uh, you know, Suzanne and I got turned on to the, to the Word of God and, and, you know, really got serious about, about serving God, uh, you know, we found out that that there was a Holy Spirit. You know, Pastor Larry, we didn't know that there was one. We'd always heard about him, but but never never had any comprehension about you know who who the Holy Spirit was and what his his function was in our life and and you know we we were just spiritually ignorant, I guess. And you know when we were when we were presented with with the with the Word of God dealing with the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, we we received you know we received it by faith. It wasn't because you know our head figured it out. You know, and and I was the kind of guy that, you know, uh, you know, I didn't want to do anything unless I knew what the end results was going to be, and every step in between. You know, I didn't want to take any chances. You know, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to see the end from from the beginning. And and in doing in receiving the Holy Spirit, you know that that was that was out of the grasp of my mentality. Okay. 
But but I remember, you know, that, that evening where we went forward and received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, you know, hands were laid on us and, and uh, you know, we, we, we spoke with other tongues and, and you know, it, it just wasn't computing. You know, my, my mind just could not get wrapped around, you know, wrapped around that. And, um, but, but we did have enough sense, I guess, or we were led by the spirit. That's not the right word. We were, we were led by the spirit to seek after God and, and find out what the truth was. Okay. And, and after a lot of persecution and we're, I'm not going to go into all that, uh, you know, about four months after I'd went up and received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it went off on the inside of me that, that this was for real, that the Holy Spirit was real, that he was my counselor, my guide, my teacher, that I'd, and, and I received power. It, it, was, it was amazing transformation. It was an amazing transformation. You, you could get excited about reading the begats in, in the Bible, you know, because they were something on every page. You know, there was something on every page. But I sought the Holy Spirit and, and I trusted in Him with my heart and not with my head. Because if I had stayed with my head, you know, I'd have gone back to the old gym and, and you know, wouldn't have ever walked in the fullness of, of, the, of the Holy Spirit and what God had for me and what God had for us. Turn, turn to Mark chapter 4. Every day, every one of us, whether you realize it or not, is, is living out Mark chapter 4. And we're going to start with verse 14. You know, back, you know, 40 years ago, I didn't realize this. But, but looking back at that, at that time and, and the stuff that we were going through and the, and the decisions that we made and, and the direction that God was leading us, you know, I can see, you know, what, now what was going on then. In Mark chapter 4, verse, verse 14, it says, The farmer sows the word. And this, and this is a verse of scripture, a passage of scripture that we're all familiar with. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and steals and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last for a time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And still others, like Seeds sown in among thorns hear the word, 
But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. You know, we're all living in Mark chapter 4. Because the word that is sown in our hearts, Satan comes immediately. And you're not any more special than anybody else, so it happens to you too. Okay? But here's what I want you to understand this morning is that we determine the type of soil that we are. You know, you determine the type of soil that you are. In verse 15, you know, the seed was sown on a, on a beaten path and it produced nothing. You know, I can remember the time that the word was sown in my heart about salvation and it was sown on a beaten path alongside the road and I did not allow it to come up. There wasn't enough dirt there for it to even germinate. You know, because I thought, you know, I, I you know, Satan had come to steal that word that was sown in my heart and he said, man, once you get born again, fun's over. You know, and I was probably 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. You know, if you, if you do this, fun's over. You know, I thought I was having fun. You know, I was, I was uh, you know, we lived up north of Lockwood and you know, bailed a lot of hay. And, you know, we had hay haulers come in in the summertime. And, and you know, they were all older teenagers than I was. And, and you know, they all cussed like sailors. And I thought, Larry, I need to talk just like they do. You know, because that sounded like fun. Yeah, I, and I know, you know, probably none of you were as ignorant or as stupid as I was, but, but that's, you know, that's just, that, that was just me. You know, and I'd go home and stand in front of the mirror and practice cussing just so I could be as good as they were. I got pretty close. I got pretty close. But... But there came a time when, when that word was sown and, and, you know, what I thought was fun wasn't so much fun. And, and I received that word and it produced a harvest. Number two here is, is seed that's sown on stony ground and it produces a little bit. That's in verse, verse 16. But it doesn't have much root and it only lasts for a time. And when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they, they quickly fall away. 
you know, there, there was there was a time in, in you know my life that that uh, you know I didn't allow the word to take much root in my life, and and as a result, it it wasn't you know it didn't produce a harvest. You know, it was if you remember here two or three weeks ago, we had a big ear of corn up here and a and a skinny ear of corn that didn't have anything on it. You know, well, I was a skinny ear of corn. In verse 18, it, it talks about seed that was sown among thorns. And that seed, you know, comes up, you know, it has some success in, in, in what it's, it's producing. But we get our eyes off, off, of, off of Jesus, off of, off of God, you know, we, we quit trusting him with our heart and, and we begin, you know, trusting in what we can do. And then it becomes unfruitful. You know, I'm sad to say that, I, that I've seen this happen so many times, so many times, that God meets somebody's need supernaturally but they have a miracle in their life, whether it's in their health or, or finances or, or in their marriage. And, and, you know, they're believing God and they're trusting in God and everything's going good. And then, and then they think, you know, I've got this. You know, I've got this. And, and somewhere along the line, they, their eyes aren't fixed on Jesus anymore. Their their eyes are fixed on you know the job or or you know the kids or you know whatever it is that becomes more important than God and and before you know it you know they're back in the same old place that they were that that God delivered them out of. So my question to you today is, is what kind of seed or what kind of ground are you? You know, what kind of soil are you this morning? Are, are you the barren? Are you the barren ground where the seed has been sown, but there's not enough dirt and moisture there to even germinate the, the seed? You know, I've been there. And the answer to that is Jesus. The answer to that is Jesus. If, if the seed of salvation has been sown in your life this morning and you've just been you know, kicking it off in the ditch over on the side of the road, then I would encourage you this morning to put your eyes on him. You know, if, if you're the one... That, that has stony ground in their heart. You know, you, you need to pick up the stones and throw them in the ditch so that the word that has been sown in your heart can produce a harvest. And if you're the one that, that is 
sown among thorny among the thorns, if that's your ground, you need to start pulling the thorns out. You need to start digging the thistles up or the sprouts or, or whatever it is that's that's keeping you from serving God and trusting God with your whole heart. You need to get those out of your life and become the good ground that produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. Amen. You know, I had the opportunity to to be all all of these. You have the opportunity to be whatever ground you decide to be. But this morning, I would encourage you to to trust in the Lord. To trust in the Lord with your heart. And not lean on your own understanding. Because if, if, if I'd have stayed with my understanding when it came to be receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, I, I would have, it would not have produced. Because we had the opportunity, you know, Satan came to steal that word that was in our heart. He sent a, a, a minister across our path that, that told us that the baptism of the Holy Spirit wasn't for everybody. You know, that, that, uh, you know, that we shouldn't be too pushy about, about uh, sharing the experience that we'd had. And that just, you know, basically, he said, just kind of cool it. You know, and this came from somebody that that uh, that we respected and uh, you know looked up to okay and you know we had we had opposition from a lot of other places that that came to steal that word that was sown in our heart and I finally just you know out of desperation out of desperation I said you know God you're going to have to show me, you know, what's, what's real. You know, is, is this real or is it not real? And, you know, God is so good. <laughs> he is so good. And because we kept our eyes focused on, on God and kept our eyes fixed and, and our trust in him, he showed us what the truth was. He showed us what the truth was. And, and in the midst of it all, in the midst of it all, he, he showed us how to love those that were coming against us. And, you know, I, I think that that was probably the key to uh, you know, allowing God to be a success through us. He showed us how to love people. 
but it didn't come because you know we trusted God with our head because if I'd have done what you know what my head was telling me to do um, you know we wouldn't have got the results that we got you know and I'm not saying that we've arrived we haven't done that and we get the opportunity to to walk out Mark chapter 4 every day because Satan hadn't given up but he'll challenge where you have your trust placed every day he'll challenge you where you have your trust placed every day you know do you have it placed in him or do you have it placed in in the government or you know the, the the news media you know where do you have your where do you have your trust placed today what kind of ground is your ground because it's your decision to make you know my my challenge to you today is Where do we have our trust fixed? You know, what are we looking at? What are we focused on today? You know, what are you looking at today? Is, is the ground that the Word of God is, is being sown into in, in my life, is, is it good ground? Is it good ground? Is it ground that will produce... 30, 60, and, and 100 fold? Or, or is it ground that, that when Satan rocks my world, I get my focus off of what the Word of God says and, and allow Satan to steal that Word? We've all allowed Satan to steal the Word. But glory to God, he's, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Man, he's a good God. He is an awesome God. You know, it's, it's important to love God, but his love for us is more important. Amen? This morning... If, if you need to make a, a ground change, a soil change, I would invite you to come to the altars and say, God, you know, I, I've, I've been some stony ground here lately. But, but starting today, my trust is fixed on you. From here on out, Father, I'm... My trust is in you. If your ground has is, is been, you know, filled with thorns, with thistles and sprouts and, you know, hedge trees or, or whatever, and you need to pull those things out, then I would invite you to come and, and say, God, you know, forgive me. You know, I allowed this to come in and to become more important than you are in my life. 
you know, my focus, my eyes and my, my heart hasn't been fixed on, on, on your word like it should have been. I'd invite you to come. If your ground is, is that barren piece of ground that you've heard the, the word of salvation, that God loves you, that he wants to make a new creature out of you, but you've refused to, to allow that to take, to take root, I would encourage you to come up and, and see me or Pastor Kent and say, you know, I want to make that decision today. You know, I want Jesus in my life. You know, I've got to have him in my life. You know, I thought I was having fun, but this is not too much fun anymore. You know, in, in fact, it's, it's killing me. But Father, I need you. And change your ground from that barren ground to fertile ground. A ground that will produce a hundredfold. Amen.